John chapter 11. Here's what God's word says. Now a man was sick, Lazarus from Bethany, the village of Mary and his sister Martha. And Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. And it was her brother Lazarus who was sick. So the sisters sent a message to Jesus and said, Lord, the one you love is sick. And when Jesus heard it, he said, this sickness will not end in death, but is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we get to intentionally come at this time of the morning to look in your word. We've, we've already uh, greeted one another and loved on each other, encouraged each other. We've already got to to sing and worship you through song, and we were able to give back to you. And now, Lord, we just ask that your Holy Spirit would move as we dig into your word. And Father, would you just move in this place and, and speak to each one of us the way we need to hear from you? And, and only you can do that, and so we're thankful for that. You're a, an amazing God, a big God, a wonderful God, and we worship you this morning. Uh, we do want to glorify you and your son Jesus, Lord. We want to be open to the Holy Spirit. We want to listen. And so please speak. Father, I just want to confess there, there's a part of me, I, I mean, I, I want to be liked and I want people to think this is good. But really, just as verse 4 said, this, is, this really is all about your son Jesus. So may, may you be glorified in this, Lord, and may you just guard my lips um, uh, just like anybody else, I'm prone to wander. Lord, I know that. And so forgive me of my sins and cleanse me and make me a vessel this morning. Give us ears to hear, Father, from you and from your precious word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Jesus hears that his, a good friend of his, Lazarus, is sick. And of course, Jesus being God in the flesh. He already knows what's going to happen. He already knows how this is going to play out, but, uh, but, but he goes, and so we're in this long chapter, and we're going to cover it quickly and keep the main thing the main thing, and I, like I already said, that's Jesus. So look again at verse 4. It says, this sickness will not end in death, but is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Jesus mentioned it, and we want to glorify God. We want to keep our eyes on Jesus this morning. I think about that story. Uh, Jesus has just done some miracles, and he sends the disciples out on the boat of the Sea of Galilee, and it's known for storms to come up really quickly. So the, the disciples go out on the, on the sea in a boat, and Jesus says, hey, listen, I need to go spend some time with my father. So he goes over, and he begins to, to, to pray with his father. Now, in the middle of the morning, the storm comes up, the, the, the disciples are out there, and they see something walking across the water, and they're like, it's a ghost, but no, it's Jesus, and Peter's like, Jesus, is that really you? And he's like, yeah, and he says, can I come out? Now, this is kind of cool, because Peter is literally the only one that gets out of the boat, gets out of the comfort of his moment right there, gets out on the boat, and he's focused on Jesus, and he's literally walking on the water. Because he's keeping his eyes on Jesus. But what does the Bible say? Pretty soon, just like all of us, the tendency would be to start looking around at the wind and the waves and the problem, right? We do that too, right? We, we try to focus on Jesus, but we're distracted by all the things that come up 
in our lives and, and the discouragements and the fears and the struggles and the pain and we take our eyes off Jesus and he begins to sink because he does that. And so he cries out to Jesus, Lord, save me. And the Bible says immediately, say immediately. Immediately, Jesus reaches out his hand and lifts him up. And he keeps his eyes on Jesus. That's what we want to do this morning, amen? So this story, again, is going to head us toward uh, the, the big, the Super Bowl moment of Easter. And so uh, let's keep reading. This is, as we focus on this story, I think it's so important. And I want to talk to you about Jesus being the resurrection and the life. There's so many other stories in the Bible. It says in John chapter 20, I think it'll be up on the board, uh, John chapter 20, 30 and 31, it says this. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in the book. But, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah. That word Messiah means Savior, anointed one. He's, the, he's our uh, Lord and Savior, amen? And, and it says, these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. The purpose of the story that we're going to go over this morning is to help us to believe in Jesus, that we can have eternal life. Do you want true life? Jesus is the answer. Yet you want a fulfilled, wonderful, uh, abundant life that God talks about? Jesus is the answer. So we're going to keep our eyes on him this morning. That's why we go, because Jesus is the answer. That's why we go on mission trips Right? That's why we talk to our neighbors across the, the fence. That's why we go out with coworkers to lunch and try to turn the topic to Jesus and you know, how he's helped us. That's why we go, because Jesus loved his friends. He showed compassion with his friends, and he declared the truth at all time. And that's what he was about, and that's why he came. Remember, you might have heard this, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, so that whoever of us believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. That's what it's all about. The gospel message, the good news of all of scripture points us to Jesus. Amen? Let's keep going in our story. Look, look at verse 5 of chapter 11. John chapter 11, verse 5. It says, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister, that's Mary, and Lazarus. So he, when he uh, heard that Lazarus was sick. He stayed two more days in the place where he was. Then after that, he said to the disciples, let's go to, Ju to Judea, Judea, sorry. Rabbi, verse 8, the disciples told him, just now the Jews tried to stone you and you're going there again? Jesus um, said, they aren't there 12 hours in a day? If anyone walks during the day, he doesn't stumble because he sees the light of the world. But if anyone walks during the night, he does not stumble because the light is not in him. Jesus says, listen, you guys need to trust in God. He has a plan. And they're, they're all worried, right? It's like, wait a minute, Jesus, you're going to head toward Judea, back toward Jerusalem. And um, they're trying to kill you there. And Jesus is like, yeah, yeah this, is, this is all the part of the plan. This is what it's about. And so... God already knows. God has a plan for your life, doesn't he? I'll let you think about that for a minute. I, I don't mind. 
God has a plan for your life. Sometimes it means go into difficult circumstances, but he's there, right? The disciples are like, no, oh, Jesus, you can't go back to Jerusalem. They want to kill you there. He's like, yeah, I'm good. God's in charge, is he? And I, I'm good. This is all part of his plan. Let's keep going. We've got a lot to cover. Did I tell you this, this is a long story? I did. All right, we're, we're good. And he said this, verse 11. He said this, and then he told them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm on my way to wake him. Then the disciples said to him, well, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he will get well. And Jesus, however, was speaking about his death, but they thought he was speaking about natural sleep. So Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus has died, and I'm glad that you for you that I wasn't there so that you may believe. Let's go to him. See, that's all part of the plan. I, I love this. Verse 12 talks about, um, we, we try to soften, that we don't like to talk about death and we try and soften the language, don't we? So Jesus is like, hey, he's falling asleep, right? We do that too. We're like, I'm sorry, um, Frank is gone. And we think, oh, well, well let's go find him. Well, no, he, he passed. Oh, was he in a hurry on the interstate? Well, no, we, lo we lost him. Well, let's call him on his phone, right? If he's lost, well, he kicked the bucket. Oh, you mean he was playing with grandkids? Well, no, he bit the dust. Oh, did he trip and fall? You know, No, we try to soften the language, don't we? Because we don't like talking about death. Jesus wasn't trying to soften the language here when he was talking about, no, Lazarus is just asleep. Listen, he was talking about the temporary situation that Lazarus was in because he knew he was going to raise him from the dead. He was, and that's why he said, no, listen guys, he's dead. <laughs> but this is a good thing. It's part of the plan. Look at verse 16 as we keep going. Then Thomas called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let's go too so that we may die with him. This is pretty cool. I love this because this reminds us that Thomas in scripture and the main Main story of Thomas, which is called the twin. He's one for one, one for two, sorry, one for two. Here, he's like, yeah, good job, Thomas. They think Jesus is gonna go to Jerusalem and possibly get killed. So Thomas is like, let's go with him, right? We can go, I'll die with you. Now later on, after Jesus rose from the dead, right, he shows up and Thomas was out doing something else and the rest of the disciples are there and Jesus shows up in the room with them, a resurrected body standing there with the disciples and they're like, oh my goodness. And then Thomas shows up later and they're like, dude, you won't believe it. We saw Jesus, he's alive. Thomas's like, uh, I don't think so. Guys, are you, you know, and he didn't believe them, right? So here he wants to die with Jesus later on. Okay, and that's one of the truths that we know about what, how we can trust scripture is because these guys let their bad moments out, right? They're, they tell the story just like God wants the story to be told, and, and sometimes it doesn't make them look the best. But anyway, so uh, let's keep going. Verse 17 through 22, here's what it says. When Jesus arrived, he found Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. So Bethany was near Jerusalem, less than two miles away. Many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them about their brother. As soon as Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she sent, uh, went to meet him, but Mary remained seated in the house. But, the, but Martha said to the Lord, listen to this, this is so, this is important. Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Yet even now I know 
that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Here's a familiar theme in this story. Jesus, if you just would have been here, you could have done something about this. But now that he's dead, I think we've gone too far, right? They, they all saw and they all heard about Jesus uh, healing blind people's eyes, strengthening lame limbs, casting out demons, doing all kinds of healing. But, uh, so we know, we know Jesus, you can do all kinds of healing, but, uh, but this is different because he's dead, right? This is different. So, verse 23, your brother will rise again, Jesus told her. And Martha said, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Is Martha right? Will he resurrect on the last day? I get to say yes, amen. That's what the Bible says. I believe what the Bible says. I don't have to make something that's very clear, confusing to us and say what it doesn't say. The Bible is very clear that we are in the last days. And one day will be the day of the Lord when God's like, okay, that's, that's it. It's like in our Sunday school class, God closed the door of the ark, right? At one moment, it's like, that's it. So one day will be the day of the Lord and the skies will part and Jesus will return and he'll gather his elect from the four corners of the world and the dead will rise first and then we'll, take, we'll stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Guilty is charged. And then we'll point to the lamb and say, Jesus took my place. Amen? This is our hope. This is glorious. God is awesome. God is amazing. He's made a plan for us to get out of the difficulty that we're in. We're slaves to sin. We're on our way to hell. And then Jesus rescues us. Amen? It's pretty cool. So verse 25 and 26, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. It's a key part of this whole story. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. And here's a question for you that's right in the text. Do you believe this? This is so powerful. We can't miss the importance of this. There's seven I am statements in the book of John that Jesus declares he is the I am. And it comes from the Old Testament, from Moses when he's out shepherding the, the sheep and, and God's going to show up to him and tell him to let the, go to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. You know, you hold, saw that whole thing. Uh, Moses shows up. There's a bush that's like literally on fire, but it's not being consumed. And then God begins to speak and says, hey, take off your shoes. You're on holy ground. And he begins to talk to him about, listen, I'm going to have you lead my people uh, out of Egypt out of slavery and Moses is like okay who am I going to say sent me and God's like I am well no I mean it's like well what's your name I am and the religious leaders of that new day knew that very well and so then Jesus shows up on the scene and toward the end of his ministry he begins to say this I am the bread of life I am the light of the world. I am the gate. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I am the vine. And the people, the religious leaders of that day, wanted to kill him because they knew very clearly what he was doing. You are calling yourself God. And he's like, yes, I am. Because I am. Did you catch that? 
because I am. And so this uh, is such a profound thing. Jesus is saying, and he's using this particular story, this particular time, this particular difficult moment when his good friend passed away to say, I am the resurrection and the life. It's the theme all throughout Scripture. So notice Jesus uses this. I am the resurrection and the life. Verse 27. Yes, Lord, she told him, I believe you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who comes into the world. And having said this, she went back and called her sister Mary, saying in private, the teacher is here and calling, is calling for you. And as soon as Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. And Jesus had not come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. The Jews were with her in the house, consoling her, and saw Mary... So Mary got up quickly and went out, and they followed her, supposing that she was going to go to the tomb to cry there. So as soon as Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet. Listen, because I already pointed this out, really. She said, just like her sister, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her crying, and the Jews who were come with her crying, he was deeply moved and in his spirit, and he was troubled. Where have you put him, he asked. Lord, they told him, come and see. And Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, couldn't he who opened the blind man's eyes also have kept this man from dying? See the theme there? Already three times, it's like, Jesus, you could have done something about it if he was still alive, but this is just too much. He's already dead. But remember, Jesus is there to remind them and to remind us that he is the resurrection and the life. Verse 38, as we finish up our story. Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Remove the stone, Jesus said. Martha, the dead man's sister, told him, Lord, there's already a stench because he's been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, didn't I tell you if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they, say they, so they removed the stone. Then Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you heard me, and I know that you always hear me, but because of the crowd standing here, I said this, so that they may believe you sent me. And after he said this, he shouted with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out bound hand and foot with linen strips and with his face wrapped in a cloth. And Jesus said to them, say them, unwrap him and let him go. Unwrap him and let him go. I have two quick thoughts for you as I wrap up our time together. And this is amazing. It doesn't, it doesn't matter that Jesus wasn't there before Lazarus died. In fact, that was the plan, amen, all along. 
So two thoughts for you as we, as we wrap up. Number one, I want you to think about the fact, and I just pointed it out to you intentionally, in verse 31 and 44, uh, Jesus asked others to be involved in what he was doing, right? He said to them, remove the stone, he, right? And, uh, and he said to them, or I think they, and then he said, so they removed the stone, and then verse 44, he said to them, take off the face claws, so I want to just ask you, like, could God, which in, in the form of Jesus, could, could Jesus have just moved the stone himself? Right? Like, he, he comes up, and, and here's, the, here's the stone in front of the tomb, and he could have just, right before he said, Lazarus, come forth, he could have just said, stone, move, couldn't he? I mean, or is that like, I can, like, raise somebody from the dead, but I Doggone, that stone is in the way, right? I need, no, right? I mean, I'm trying to be funny, but listen, this is so important for us. This is a, a main thought I want to leave you with. He intentionally got people involved in what he was doing, even though he doesn't need them. He wanted them to be involved, to be active participants in what he was doing. So I want to just, I want you to just picture this. I'm going to act out, Pastor Jeff is too cool to do this, but I'm old, I don't care anymore. So I just want to, like I'm going to get down, like I want to think about this, I'm going to picture the, picture the stone, I don't know, I don't know what it looked like, I don't know how big it was, I don't know how many guys there were, if women helped or what, we don't, we don't know that, I'm not trying to add the scripture, just understand that. I just want you to picture like, let's, just say that there was two guys that were going to move the stone, right? So Jesus is like, you need to move the stone. Like, again, he could have done it. He's like, hey, move the stone. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, Jesus, been dead for four days. It's going to be bad. It's going to be nasty, Right? But so these guys, let's just say there's two, again, don't know, don't, trying to add to scripture, but just envision this with me. He, they get down there to, to move the stone, and that, oh, the smell of death is, you never forget what that smells like, do you? And, and they're down there. And, and they move the stone, and they get the smell of death. So let me ask you, the, the they, whoever the they were, do you think they ever forgot in the rest of their life what that was like? And then when they saw, after Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth! And out of, with all that smell of death coming out of that tomb and knowing that Lazarus was dead in there for four days, do you think they ever forgot what it was like to see him coming out alive? They got to be participants in what Jesus was doing and they will never doubt again that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And then... Lazarus comes out and he's told them, right, remove the, 
Great. Again, he could have done that himself. But he gets other people involved in this. Now listen, guys, we've seen that happen in our lives, haven't we? We've said a prayer, we've went to God, and God has showed up and showed off in a miraculous ways with our, with our finances or with relationships and answered prayers, and he's helped us through difficulties. And I'm just wondering, like, why in the world when we go through struggles and fears and difficulties, and we're not so like, oh, God, are you there? Can you help me? But we've seen him show up, right? We've seen him answer prayers and I'm just wondering it's kind of like those two guys why do we doubt (laughs) right why do we doubt we've seen him show up we've seen him do miraculous things we know that he is the resurrection and the life and he's everything else that he said in scripture why do we doubt and then the second thing second thing I just want to point out to you is this. So number one, we want Jesus, uh, Jesus wants us to be involved so that our faith grows and so our relationship with him goes deeper and we understand you know, who he is and what he's about and he answers our prayers. And then number two, why are we sometimes afraid of others? Like, what, what, like we're worried about what people think about us or what they might say about us or what they might do to us. What, in, the, in this story again, what is Jesus again? The resurrection and the, and the life. This is kind of, it's, it's a really difficult time for the, this family and the friends and everything. And, and we even see Jesus weep. But there's some hilarious stuff that goes on right after this. And I just, um, we don't have time to, to go there. But what happens in chapter 12 is that Jesus just raises Lazarus from the dead, right? And so now the religious leaders who should know better, by the way, they're the ones that are supposed to be looking for the Messiah, and they, they see Jesus right in front of them and they miss it. But anyway, they're like, oh man, we're in trouble. Did you just hear about that? Jesus just raised a guy from the dead. This is going to be a problem for us. People are going to start leaving us and following him. So they're like, let's gather together. Let's figure out what to do here. So they're like, chapter 12, it's like, "Mm, let's see. What could we do? I know. Let's kill Lazarus. That's what they came up with. Now, Now listen, you're Lazarus. You find out about this. Oh, no. These religious leaders are trying to kill me. (laughs) Been there, done that. And guess what? Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Right? Why do I worry about them? Are you with me? Why would we worry about what other people say? What other people will do? You got Jesus? I think you're good. Let me end with one more text. It's in Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, and it's going to be on the on the board up here. I love that, by the way. That's nice and big. Even I can read that. So that's pretty cool. So if you were Lazarus, why would you be afraid, right? I know, I, I, we know Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Lazarus died. Jesus raised him, right? Are you with me? We're done. We're almost done. So hang in there. 
Lazarus died, Jesus raised him. Here's what Colossians chapter 3 says about us. If you're a follower of Jesus, this is about you. Here's what it says. Let's read this. So if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on earthly things. Oh, listen to this. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Verse four, when Christ who is your life appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. <laughs> Listen, church, if you're a follower of Jesus, you already died. You died to yourself. You died to your desires. You died to your wants. And you're like, you're now you're raised with Jesus. Kind of like Lazarus. What are you worried about what people can do? What they say? I don't know. I'm going to have the praise team come on up. I'm going to um, give you an opportunity to make a decision. Here's, here's my, I, I believe this completely. When we study the word of God, when we listen to the word of God declared, especially the gospel, it demands a response from us in our hearts and in our minds. It demands that we respond in some way to what God has done, right? To what God has said. And so um, I think what happens in moments like this is the Holy Spirit begins to just move in our hearts and we begin to think, oh man, maybe I should get that right or maybe I should do something. And, he, and sometimes what we do, maybe not you, but maybe I do once in a while, I'm like, oh, no thanks. I, I don't, maybe God's calling you to come up, see, to the altar and pray and, and get things right. And you're like, oh, no, I can't do that, Lord, because people might think, you know, I got something wrong in my life. <laughs> oh, really? Gosh. Because we're all perfect and you got a problem. Or you, right? But I'm just going to tell you, it's bad. It's a bad habit to say no to the Holy Spirit. Mm. It's a bad thing to start doing that. So you know what? What happens is sometimes people come up and they pray for their marriage or they pray for their spouse or they pray for their kids or they pray for a coworker or maybe they repent of sins and like, Lord, I'm not, I'm not right. Or maybe the Lord spoke to them. And, a, and he, if God calls you to come, you need to come, right? Maybe God's going to have you come up here just so somebody else has the nerve to come. And again, it's bad. It's a bad habit to say no to the Lord. No, Thanks. I'll do, I'll do it my way. Ooh, that works out good for us, doesn't it? Listen, Pastor Jeff is going to be in the back, and, uh, and I'll be sitting down here. If you need to talk to somebody, you go to one of your good friends. You know somebody you can trust, and you go talk to them. The altar's open. Pastor Jeff will be in the back. Uh, but listen, what's your next step? What's, what's your next step? Some of you maybe said, you know, I don't think I have a relationship with Jesus he is the way, the truth, and the life, and you need to come to him. Maybe some of you are like, man, I'm kind of wandering away. I need to get back on track. He's there for you. Maybe some of you say, hey, I love this church. I need to want to be a part of it, and you, or you want to follow in baptism or whatever it is. Whatever, what's your next step this morning? Would, would you not say no 
of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Father, as we just spend the last couple minutes together thinking about how you've moved us, how you've spoken to us, Lord, just help us to trust in you. We thank you that Jesus is the resurrection and the life, and that if we believe in him, we can have eternal life in glory in heaven with you, Father God, for all of eternity. Thank you for Jesus taking our place on the cross, offering us repentance and forgiveness and cleansing. And it's in his name we pray. And everybody said, amen.